0: Ah, there he is. The Terry Bug. People won't know what that means, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that. Greenie, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Oh, mate, it's so... I'm better now I can see you. It's it, <laughs> it really has been a joy for me over the last two weeks, catching up with my old teammates. You know, we've been too long too long away from each other. I saw Bruce today. Apart, stuck in lockdown. Yeah, it's just awful, isn't it, man? How you been handling it? Yeah. Um, look, it's been different. Obviously, obviously... Uh,
1: we both got kids, and um, you know, homeschooling and uh, dealing with that pressures, and uh, yeah, it's been interesting. But um, you know, I've got my own business, um, and dealing with homeschooling and different things. But uh, mm-hmm. yes, as everyone would be in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, mm-hmm. um, we, it's a pandemic that we're all dealing with, and it's it's something different. But um, we get we're getting through. I can't complain. Um, no one listens anyway, but, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I'm okay. I can't
0: complain. Demon's through the grand final. That's amazing. That, that's exactly <laughs> right, mate. And that's the amazing thing about, I knew you'd be all right. Nothing really gets to you, green. You're always a happy man. Always have been from day dot. You got to Melbourne, uh, happy fella. Um, uh, what is that about you? Because nothing seems to ever get you down. You get dropped. Not, not that that ever happened or you get injured or whatever it was in your career. You always seem to be. I should be right, I don't know about Rob, I reckon it's Tasmanian. Yeah. Um it's us being coming from a, a small
1: island and um and dealing with, you know, we we've got simple pleasures being Tassie guys. <laughs> There's nothing we we never grew up with, you know. Um city folk don't really know what we had to deal with yeah. in Melbourne, but yeah. uh simple pleasures in, in Tassie, everything doesn't phase us. Um, you know, we we had to get on with 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 anything in being People in Tassie. It's,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Nothing fazes me too much, and um, yeah, I, I enjoy life. Yeah. I uh, you just get on with it. Yeah. Obviously, uh, people would know we, I've gone through a couple of um, different uh, circumstances over the last few years, and mm. um, the thing is, the sun comes up tomorrow, and you have got yeah. to get on with life, and you got to deal with um, the next day um, because otherwise, yeah. um, you know, what 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 happens in life? It keeps moving forward, and if you stop. Mm-hmm. Um, life doesn't stop so you've got to keep moving with it and if you don't um, it's going to be hard on you so you might as well keep growing with it and living with it
0: mate it's it's really inspiring and we'll get to exactly why uh you were just talking about i feel like i need to explain though greenie said us being tasmanians it's not simpleton pleasures <laughs> you know we're not talking family as an inter inter-family no. uh no we're talking simple pleasures <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but let, let's let's go back first before we get to where we are now because you've got so much going on and the Ds and where they're at and I'm loving that T-shirt. We'll talk about that too. Um, cricket, soccer, footy, you're like the typical young Australian kid. You know, there's there's two or three choices there that we all sort of make. But you were so good at all of them, you kind of had to make a decision between which one it was going to be. Yeah, growing up in um, Georgetown, Tasmania, I, I live 50 50K... ks
1: North of Launceston, so I went to Lonnie Grammar down in Tassie. Um, yeah, I look, I'm like any kid in Australia that played um, soccer in the winter, cricket in the summer. Um, and then as I got older, I basically come across this game called Aussie Rules when yeah. I was 15, 16 and, oh, yeah. and started playing that. So, mate, I'm like any kid that loves any ball sport, um, tennis ball, basketball, anything that I can get my hands on, I loved. Um, and and being in Tassie, you, you if you're any good at something, you you get into a squad and um and just love being around you know that atmosphere of 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 being around um, kids my age that wanted to play sport and we all did it and then we turned up on a Saturday, Sunday and basically tried and played anything that we could um, and yeah I was just that kid at school that that loved sport and um and threw myself um, into everything.
0: But Manchester United. I mean, I think we all know that that happened, and 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 Australian squads for cricket. You know, uh, the Manchester United thing. I want to talk about what was that experience like uh, first, yep. and and that ultimate decision in the end. Oh, look, I'm going to go with football. Give give me some. Yeah. Ideas so on.
1: basically, I was I was playing for Tasmania in a championship in New South Wales, and um, they had a talent scout scout there um, at an under fifteen carnival, and. The talent scout was talking to my coach and my mum and dad, and they said to me, would you be interested, would Brad be interested in coming over and trialling um, with our youth academy? Mm. Um, and my coach and approached my mum and dad and said, blah, blah, blah. And then they approached me and I said, yeah, for sure. You know, we'll go up there yes. and, and do it. You know what? It's Man United. It's, you know, it's just a small club. We yeah. you know, nothing be, big. Um, and we'll go over there and, and do it. So 90, 95, 96 season, um, I went over there. Uh year 10, I was in year 10 at the time. Um so basically spent January to March trialing with uh the youth academy. So if you're thinking youth academy, you're thinking 16 to basically 18-year-olds. Yeah. Um highly talented, basically full-time professional athletes. They go to school on Thursdays. So this is their, their life and their program that they um dealt. Yeah. Um their life is they basically, which is I think our our footy boys should go th- through this um, traineeship. Basically, what they do when they get to a, a, the club early in the morning is they get there early at 8 a.m. Yeah. They have breakfast, so everyone, you don't eat at home, you have breakfast at the training. The seniors, the reserves come in, um, they they go and have their breakfast, but then the, the youth players basically have to clean up the plates, the cutlery, go and wash everything down, go and clean the tables, um, and then they go down, downstairs, and then the boots that the players have used, the reserves and the senior boys are gonna go and polish their boots for their for their training session. So you got you know, Robbo, you know, you've you've kicked you've kicked eight on the weekend, Robbo. Yeah. I'm gonna go down to number 24 and gonna go and polish, you know, Russell Robinson's boots. It might be David Beckham's boots that I pull out and I and I polish. Yeah. Um and then they go out and train. So basically a morning was breakfast, um, dishes duty, polish the boots, and then you go out and train. And then at the end of the day, it was sort of they go through their whole day training day, as in training, weights, yeah. massage, blah blah blah. And at the end of the day, it was the same um, same kind of setup. Set so basically, what they had to do at the end of the day is in the Premier League soccer, is the seniors have change rooms, the reserves have change rooms, um, youth academy have change rooms, and the youth players are trainees. So you go and wash, you you hose down the rooms, oh. you clean it all up. It's a full-on traineeship, apprenticeship that yeah. you have to go through, and that's all the superstars. They did all the they did all the grounding and doing. it. Um, so it's just a grounding for them that they're not privileged and they've got to go through the process.
0: I like that. I actually do like that because a lot of these guys that get drafted now just come straight in and play senior football. They don't have any idea what it is actually like to work for a living. Yes. You know. So you're probably uh, thinking about that now that you're in an administrative role. But did you have it? Any moments there you're like, oh, David Beckham's boots, I might, uh, might just uh, take I, I The only time I ever thought the question
1: was, so the first day I, I flew into Manchester and I got picked up. There was a sign there at 15 going, Brad Green, blah, blah, blah. Can you come with me? So Brad Green gets in a, a limo, basically, goes straight to the cliff, which is our Man new training ground. Yeah. The, oh, this is no, no, I'm not lying here. Basically the first thing I did was walk into the training complex and Alex Ferguson pulls me up to his office. So oh. Sir Alex. I went straight up to, So I went straight up to the office and Sir Alex is sitting there chatting to me. And it's not about we've got this player in to our club. Yeah. He wanted to know I was trialing. So I was, I hadn't made it. Yeah. And it was just a a guy like a as you would do a you know, we're trying to look at a rookie or a B that comes as an AFL concept that, at our club that we've done at Melbourne, we do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the senior coach went out of their way to pull me into his office, wanted to know about Tasmania, Australia, wow. nothing about my sporting talent or, or soccer. They was just purely simply talking about um, that. We had a 10, 15-minute chat and said goodbye. And I still remember it. Like it was tomorrow yeah. that Sir Alex pulled me up to his office. And then over that sort of two-month period is... Um, the senior players are like billionaires, yeah. and I reckon Beckham drove in ten new cars. No <laughs> lie, it was God. Ferraris, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, any, <laughs> any Land Rovers, any car you can think of. And it was this was back in '95. Imagine the cars that they uh, They you know, drove in everything. So yeah, it was a it was a life experience that um that you can never um take away.
0: And um something I always remember um, going over there and experiencing Mate, that is so cool hearing that. I I mean I spent so much time around you I actually don't, didn't know that. you know I knew yeah. this kind of acutely that sort of stuff was going on but wow, you know and and how cool is it that Alex Ferguson you talk about culture and you talk about success and how much success he had being you become yeah. a knighted person of course you you've got to have something special. there you go. He goes and finds out a little bit about Tasmania. Oh, yes. The great the art
1: the art of great coaches. Clarko gets to know his his junior players. Um, he, he wants to know every every player on his on his squad and where they're from and their yeah. family and their children and mum and dad and the, what their background is. And you know the art of being a great coach is the nuance of of empathy yeah. um, and getting to know their, their their talent and their players that they're dealing with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know more and more is. AFL
0: and coaching is about that yeah I mean empathy would not have been a uh a key word that any coach would have had in their kit bag back in the, the 50s 60s and 70s but it's certainly become something uh, yes. of a buzzword now um well done on all of that mate but then you make the decision uh just through you know life it happens and then AFL football rears its head and the Melbourne football club drafts you uh talk to me about draft day how'd that go down for you
1: yeah, so draft of 99, end of 99.
0: So um,
1: back in the day where um, I played one year of, of AFL footy um, and then I played Tassie Mariners. Yeah. You would have played with the great Chris Fagan yeah, who's I coaching Brisbane. I did. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't get coached in Tassie by, by Faze who was at Melbourne at the time. He so was. So assistant coach there. Glenn Frame was my coach at Tassie Mariners. Um, I played um, that season playing Tassie Mariners. The yeah. AFL flew me over to Tasmania, Rod Laver, um, which is where the draft was. Um, so I thought I was going to get picked up. Obviously, if they fly me over, yeah, then yeah. you're pretty um, well. You're hoping that you get yeah. drafted. It's, it's it pretty uh, disappointing if <laughs> <laughs> they fly you all the way and you don't get drafted. <laughs> so they flew me over. They flew mum and dad over, um, and then yeah, I got picked up, pick 19, um, 99 draft, and went to Melbourne, um, yeah. and. From that set, I've been a mad demon supporter ever since, mm-hmm. and um growing grown up and um, living, and um, I cannot thank the Melbourne Footy Club for the last, how long, 21 years that I've been associated with them, and they're a big
0: part of my life. Oh, yeah. Been absolutely huge for both of us. They've really given us something special, and that's why we continue to do what we do for the Red and the Blue. Mate, Um, there would have been no bigger game for you in your career. There's been... Great moments. But that Carlton game, let's let's talk about the raw emotion of that where you and Brucey just lit it up in what was your, your first or, or second real crack year at it, you know? Um, yeah. Kicking goals from the boundary, just hitting it straight through the middle. Like yeah, and, the, and
1: So it was a qualifying final first year, 2000. Yep. Um, so I'll look back on that and people will say, what was your most memorable game? I still believe, you know, it's i played... Um, you know, 13 years of footy and, you know, game 20 was my most memorable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> look at that, man. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how you look back on that time and still say that. But it was, it was, um, you know, the the situation that the footy club was in, trying to make a grand final, um, 30 points down in the third quarter yeah. and then all of a sudden we get over the line and we, we're straight to a prelim and then we make a grand final. So, yeah, yeah. yeah big occasion, um, Great to be a part of and, um, yeah, and and help the side get over the line and helping them win. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a great feeling and, and something that I've never forgotten. So it's it's been great,
0: mate. You sit back now at your house and your kids are giving you all sorts of hell, and you remember back to that moment where 80,000 people are screaming for you if you just kicked a goal and we're coming back from so many points beyond. You, yeah. you think to yourself. I used to be a superstar once. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to put up with this.
1: <laughs> I think we all do. I reckon Robbo, we're like
0: any past player and we
1: go, you have 25, 30 minutes out. What are you missing from there? Yeah, you know, exactly. I think you all sit there and think that uh, we can still play. Yeah, I'll um, do better
0: than that now. Every yeah. day of the
1: week, every weekend, I think I can still get out there and get a kick. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, I'm, pri- I'm privileged to have played at the Melbourne Footy Club I'm very proud of the footy club, and um, and even now, I'm more proud than being, associated, being a so-sad,
0: being board member, and uh, we're playing on grand final day on on Saturday, so yeah. I can't wait. Oh, mate, well, I want to talk to you about all of that, because you've got the inside stuff, and we haven't had anyone on the show yet that knows what's going on in the internet. I'll, I'll bet you're talking a lot about the uh, the board and what's happening, and you've always got to have one eye on what's going on in the future as well. Yes, we're right now, but what are we doing in the future, so... We'll get your breakdown and what you can give away in a little bit. But uh, I want to talk to you about the obvious and you, you you spoke about it off the top of the show or the top of your interview about Anna and and the absolute um, tragedy that happened in your life and your kid's life when, when Anna was um, unfortunately caught up in a, just a mishap and that's what it was. Your learnings through football and in life and mum and dad or whatever obviously put you in good stead for how you dealt with all of that because personally, mate, what I saw uh, when you went through that was nothing but nothing more. I mean, I was blown away. We we're all blown away with how well you handled it, firstly. And we all sort of, we we didn't handle it as well as you because we were so sad for you. And you were all like, come on, boys, she'll be all right. We'll be fine. Where, where did that come from, mate? Because it was just um, absolutely awe-inspiring. I think I've I've told a lot of people, and
1: unless you get deep down in the conversation, that I think football teaches you a lot of good things um, and good habits and it might be good and it might be bad and it might be bluff, but mm. I think football teaches you strength, resilience. Mm. Uh, when things, when the chips are down, you got to get up, um, you get beaten, you might get a blood nose, you might get a broken knee, you might get a broken body, mm. but no one's sitting there going, poor bugger me or, or crying for me. Yeah. They make you get up and you go, you just, you brush it off and you got to get up the next day and you keep moving. Mm. And being, being a Melbourne player, being a Melbourne um, yes. supporter, we know we've got to be resilient. Yes. And, and and it makes you tough mentally because we've got to deal with a lot of things. Mm. And mm. I'm not trying to make light of um, my situation. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is I reckon a lot of what I've grown up with in those 21 years that I've been a Melbourne person and a Melbourne player is I got to a stage where I've got great resilience, I've got great resilience training, and I still deal with different things every day. Mm. Um, yeah. But the great thing that keeps me going is I've got my two beautiful boys that I, I know Anna would want me to make sure that they're safe, secure, and looked after. And mm. they—they're the thing that I keep waking up every day for and making sure that they're fine. Yeah, yeah. it was. Look, mate, it was, I went through something that no one ever would want to go through. It was—it mm. was tragedy. It was—it was terrible. Um, but in the end of the day, that's life. Mm. I lost my wife. We've been we're married for eleven years. We're together for sixteen years. Mm. Um, And for circumstances, as a healthy woman, she died within forty eight hours. And it's yes, it's a tragedy. Mm. And yeah, I I struggled for four or five months. And um, but I've been pretty good for the last twelve months, eighteen months. Because one, that you you go well, you've got to get on with life. There's a lot. I'm forty, and there's a big part of my life that I've got to live. If you spend the whole life regretting and being regretful over that you, you've been dealt this hand, you've been dealt this situation, and you, you go on the poor bugger me stage, is that at the end of the day, there's gonna be people that are gonna turn around and go, mate, you just gotta wake up to yourself yeah, and get on with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's a lot of self-talk. You gotta got deal with it yourself. But I have a lot of people that I, I confide in. I've got a lot of mentors and I keep talking to. I'm lucky that I found a great partner in Katie, Uh, um, who's a big part of my life now and she's here with my boys. uh, So I've got a big family based around mum and dad and even Anna's family now, a big part of my life. So uh, I've got a lot of people that I'm thankful for, but Mate, it's still, we still go through struggles and yeah. we still go through ups and downs. Yeah. But I'm lucky, um, I can still support my kids. I can put food on the table. Mm. It's, it's far worse than me. Um, and that's what I keep thinking. That there's a lot of people out in this in this world that are, are far worse than, than I am. Mm. Um, and I've just got to get on with it and deal with it. And the sun comes up tomorrow. So yeah. we deal with it, what it is. Um, and I'm just grateful that I can be happy and my kids are happy. That's all I think about.
0: Yeah. Now, there would be people watching this uh, blown away by that. They they knew acutely of what happened to you. And, and for those that don't know, uh, Anna, just a medical procedure that just went wrong. And, and, you know, you go from having the normal life, what you call a normal life, two young kids, beautiful wife, and then all of a sudden it's t- turned on its head. Uh, you talked a little bit there about um, support, and you've been really lucky with that. Talk to me a bit about Cameron Bruce uh, and, and his a friendship through that period. And I know a lot of people were by your side, but he did not leave your side uh, for yeah. a week. Um, um yeah. Yeah, it was I think we we know when when the chips are down,
1: your friendships are, are based and and I the ones that have turned up that, you know, when you're going through hard times, um when you know when I was when Anna was in ICU, um Brucey was there, he didn't leave my side. Um I I suppose what I think back when you're talking about a a person like Brucie, who's obviously one of my great mates. Um, it was a week after the grand, um, week after the grand final, week after Anna's um, funeral, mm. um, my mum rang me and I was, the kids had gone to school and I was, I was, uh, I was in bed at 10, 10 AM. I took, I got up, got the kids to bed and I went back to bed. Mm. She's going, what are you doing in bed? I'm going, I just don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. You know, okay. I just, what, what am I going to do? I'm just, uh, I've got, I don't feel like I I want to be a part of today and I'm just going to go and lay in bed. and um, That's where my happiness was. Um, So I laid there and she, and mum was, mum was in Tassie and my dad was in Tassie and she thought, shit, something's wrong. Um, I need to call someone. So my mum called Brucey um, and Brucey literally turned up in my bedroom and I'm sitting there laying in bed and had a coffee at 10am, goes, get out of bed. And I said, no. I said, <laughs> no. he goes, get out of bed. I said, give me an hour. And that's what, what happened. Yeah. He goes, give me an hour. I said, give me an hour. And and then from that um sort of time, I go, I've got to get out of bed. And now he's going to keep coming back in and tell me to get out of bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we went out for lunch. And, and from that day, I haven't got into bed, haven't gone into the poor bugger me mode. It was more he was always going to be there if I need someone to talk to or you get into, you know, that sort of the stage where you just sort of feel that, you know, that's, you know, you're just having your moment. Um, and you just want a bit of me time. And, you know, he wanted to be there and my mum wanted to be there that the Brucey, what I would say from a friendship base is that he didn't let me go into depression stage. yeah, yeah. He didn't want me to get into that state where I'm not going to let let you lay in bed for three weeks or four weeks and just, yeah let let your life wither away so you made me get out of bed and all i say to people now is i haven't got back into bed from that day um i'm i've got on with life and i woke up to that you know my kids getting up at 7am and i get up with them and (laughs) we, we get on with life and it's the day that we we get up and we wake up to and and that's the daily life that we do and um, you know, you can fall into that trap. And I know people and mental illness and it's a big issue in society mm. and I'm not downplaying it. Mm. But what I'm saying is I could have gone down that path. Yeah. I decided on that day that I was going to get into bed and I just wasn't going to get out of it. Yeah. But what I did have was a friend that came around and got me out of it. Yeah. And yeah. from that day, I haven't got back into it.
0: Well, there's an amazing lesson, ladies and gentlemen, there, what a friend can actually do for somebody else. So we we're all feeling... A little bit. Uh, well, we're all wallowing in pity at the moment, aren't we? And there's a lot of people just riding yeah. in the city, saying, "You know, this just this can't happen to me." You know, there's some messages there. I reckon you can learn a lot from that, uh, Greenie. We we do want to talk about the positives because it is Grand Final week, and we will unpack. We'll unpack more of what we just talked about uh, in in future dates together, and I'll do some more of this. But my word, mate, uh, our club. We couldn't quite get them all the way in 2000. We came close a few times. But they're right there now. The club has been set up just really well now. And I'm talking coaches. I'm talking facility. That's something that we have all as supporters and and people at the club to set up right, to give our players the best opportunity. And it's right there now, mate. How are you feeling about Saturday evening?
1: Well, I... I suppose when you come onto the board and yeah. you go, well, you, you got your side in the grand final the first year, you go, oh, how good is on the board? <laughs> how good am I? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, look, man, I'm not giving you support. I'm proud. Um, you know, we. I actually remember, um, there's no word of a lie, that I caught up with Goody. It's probably my first couple of months that I got onto the board. Went and sat down with Goody one-on-one and we literally had a coffee shop just around the corner from me. And he said to me, he said to me straight, and he goes, "Mate, we've got a we've got a side that can play in the grand final." And I looked at him. I said, "Mate, over the last I looked at my look and said, mate." I was thinking to myself, over the last couple of years, I'm going a side that can play in the grand final. I literally thought, mate, what are you talking You're about? Crazy. Yeah. Like that's in my own brain. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I know. But what I said to him, I said, "Mate, I love the positivity and I love the language."
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: the language that you're talking to our players and the language and the positivity that we're, we're, we're speaking to them is that he believed, and he actually did, he believed that we've got the talent and we've got the side that can play in the grand final. Yeah. So that was in February. So, you know, what's transformed and, um, you know, a lot's been said about an Adam Uze and a Mark Williams and these players that were brought into our club. Yeah. Um. But Goody's got to take a lot of credit because, yeah. you know, our, our great friend Adam Uze, he, he's sitting on the kingpin at the moment. Everyone <laughs> thinks Uze is the difference. It's true. true. Um, but he has got to take a lot of credit too. So, uh, you know... As we know, it's a whole club that's got to get out got to get your side to a flag, especially this day and age. And um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't be more proud being a board member of our club, and yeah, yeah. Um, disappointed that I can't be there on oh,
0: on, on Saturday. Jeez, if you can't be there, then there's no hope for a lot of people out there. If you're on the board and you're toiling away, mate. Uh, you, like I said to you before, and yes, it's great. And I've spoken to the boys about how excited we are, and, and it would be brilliant to win one because it's been a long time without but you've got to have one eye on the future, right? And the, and the, the club's got to stand up in, um, you know, the new world, I guess. What are you doing on the board at the moment is one of the last questions for you. What are you doing actively at the moment to make sure we're still a viable option moving forward?
1: Yeah, correct. I suppose the governance of any board, you're looking to the future and making sure that the, the financial security of, of any club is, is is looking to the future, um, i'm sure any um supporter or member would have seen over the last few days that the sale of the bentley club yep. um went through um which which sort of was on our financial books but what it means is that the financial security of our football club is sustained for years to come mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's a great thing for for melbourne um it's a great sale um and you know going past previous boards i think hassan back in yep. his ceo back in the the mid 90s at that uh, that sort of brought on the Bentley Club and those board members that were there at that time. Yeah. Um, we've got to thank those guys because yeah. basically now the, the security of the Melbourne Football Club in the future is that we can't, you know, we're we're one of the big clubs now. We're we're financially stable. We're, yeah. you know, that our our financial books look really strong. Yeah. And our list looks strong. You know, yeah. our list from a um a list profile and contract wise. Um, our, our good players have signed up for the next three or four years. Awesome. So sustained success when you're looking at any profile of any list. Um, you know, our good players, Gorn, Petraka, Oliver, um, Jackson, uh, Pickett, all these boys that we need to, to keep our club going for the future um, and names that I could keep going on. We've got a period of time over the next sort of three years mm. that we've got all those players contracted. So, yeah, yeah we're, in a, we're in a window where we should be hopefully um, up the top of the ladder and, and winning premierships. Yeah.
0: Green, I think that's a great way to finish this interview. There's been so much in that, but I'm not done with you. I'm going to get you back because I think there's a lot to learn from you over the, uh, the the stuff that you've been through, not just over the last couple of years, but this whole tapestry, this whole body of work that you've put together since... Uh, Childhood through to now, I think it's uh, there's some stuff there that we can really learn from you. Uh, will you join me again some at some point, mate? Anytime, buddy. Anytime <laughs> for a great Tasmanian, yes. The Tasmanians now, you you get back to those kids, mate, because I'm sure they're running right out there. Thank the, you, buddy, with the girl. Great to see you, buddy. Go, D's! And I love that Go top, Dees. love that top you're wearing too. Get it at the demon shop, give them hell, give them hell. <laughs> <laughs> see you, brother.